Blog Talk Radio. Mike. Yes, sir. Blog Talk Radio. Hold on. Hold on a second. There is a word especially for you. Good morning. My name is Gray Bun, and I am 11 years old. You're listening to Free on the Inside with my papa, Diggy Joe Lewis. Well, good morning. Welcome once again to our weekly internet broadcast. I'm your host, Brother Joel Lewis, and you're listening to Free on the Inside, an internet program to inform you and to encourage you and to challenge you to be all you can be in Christ Jesus. We're for a great time this morning. We're bringing on two guests that's going to uh, share some information to you with you that's dear to their hearts. But before we bring on our guests, we'd just like to say good morning to Beverly Beasley and Chandra Lewis, who's a, uh, the sponsor of this here program over at Granny's Place. Granny's Place is a non-profit uh, organization that's uh, meeting the needs of our young men and women at risk there. You can go to that website and uh, and see what Granny's Place have going on. You can... Uh, Click on to their various links and see what activities they have up for the, for the month of September. They also have a volunteer section. Uh, so I would like for you to go to that site and just log on to see what uh, volunteer opportunities are available for you. You know, because as we go through life, we develop some skills that we can share with other people. And, I, and, and what a valuable skill that you may possess that you can share with a young man or young woman. And I also like to say hello to... Uh, Pastor Richard Terry over at the First Free Will Baptist Church. That's where we host our bi-weekly computer training class over there, and the class is going great. We have some young men that are uh, learning computer skills. They learn the internal workings of the computer, and they're developing some skills that will last a lifetime. But before we go any further, we'd just like to bring on our guest this morning. He's going to introduce himself to you and tell you about the mission uh, which God had put to his hands. Good morning, Mikey on the net. Well, God bless you this morning, Deacon Lewis. I'm so glad to be here. I'm so glad to be able to speak to your your listening audience. And I would like to wish them all a blessed day and a blessed day in Christ Jesus. Uh, I would like to kind of I would kind of like to bring bring uh, to the table this morning uh, one of the things that's very dear to me, and it's a program that we look at as an outreach program, both for young men and older men, but mostly for the young boys. And it's growing boys into men the right way. And I, I believe that this is some, not only something that is near and dear to, to my heart, but it's near and dear to the young men and to the older men who have kind of slipped away, slipped through the cracks, if you will. We find we find that today in today's society we don't have programs that really touch on all three parts where where there are some things that, the, the young men won't and the older men wish that they would have done, but they didn't have an opportunity to do due, due to your scheduling, due to all the hustle and bustle of life. And, and we just simply have to get to the point to where we reach back and touch bases with the things that are dear to people. Your recording has reached the maximum length. To replay your message, press 1. And when we to get to that, when we get to those, message, when we get to those points, For delivery we have options, to... Press reach forward. back and to say to, to, to the young men and to, to the young boys, press star. we're to here for you. We're, we're here to try to take you into up. some of the things that either your imagination let you down on or your parents were unable to do for you. To replay your message, press one of the examples is this, simply going fishing. Your message, press three. Going, going fishing, some of the young brothers four. have simply to forgotten how to do it. To when to do it, message, when made themselves start. available to it. To Even things now, like flying kites, build, building a kite from the ground up and teaching them the importance of not just the kite, to but the aerodynamics message, of the kite. To delete and we reach back and message, we try to teach three. them that, you know, hands-on is more important than fact, sitting them down six. in front of a TV or sitting them down allowing them to play video games. Time is one of the most precious things that God has put in front of us to take and be able to share with one another. Your message and has been sent. 
Thank you for using T-Mobile voicemail. Goodbye. We get to the point to where we have to enjoy life that God has created for us and give us the things that we're looking for in life. Unfortunately, we have failed to bridge the gap between all three generations, between the young man, the little boy, and the old man, because there are some things that we all long for. And we can have men convocations and we can have men groups and we can have all the gatherings that we want. But if we fail to take the liberty and fail to take the message from the four walls that we find ourselves gathered in, then yet and still the youth and the young man has slipped through the cracks because they have failed to let their voice be heard and we have failed to listen to what they're really saying. But the only way that we can be great fishers, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, no, no. You, I'm just going to chime in on that. Man, yeah, that's so true. That's so true. And I do juvenile ministry, and I go to the various places. I see our young men, uh, just uh, they are searching for something. And what they, mm-hmm. uh, what, and the thing that they are finding are devastating to their health and their future. And I'm so glad that there's ministries mm-hmm. like yours and, and people like yourself that's willing to invest some time in our young men to grow them up the right way. And, and we we have we we make we can come up with all the excuses in the world when it comes down to time. You know, I, I've I've got to go to work, or I've got to go across town, and I got to go do this, and I got to go do that. And unfortunately for us, we don't really realize. Most men do not realize that ten minutes of your time can change the lifetime and the direction of a child. Ten minutes. Yes, it can. Uh, what, ask yourself, ask yourself, what can be accomplished in 10 minutes? You can sit down and teach him how to draw. You can sit down, you can teach him how to color a book. You can wrap your arms around him, throw him up in the air, tell him that you love him. You can show him that it doesn't take a lot. And you know what that little kid is really asking for? That's all he's asking for is 10 minutes of your time. And that's that can be a complete stranger. That can be your son, that can be your nephew, that can be your niece. It does not matter. They just want that 10 minutes of your time dedicated to them. And just ask yourself, did my 10 minutes save that young man's life from going out there dealing drugs? Did that 10 minutes keep him from going down to the liquor store and pulling a gun? Did that 10 minutes keep him from walking out there and doing something that was just totally against the law? Did my 10 minutes go waste it, or did I take my 10 minutes and I go across town? Did I take my 10 minutes and I forget to give a hug, or did I forget to give a kind word? Did I take 10 minutes and forget to teach a scripture? Did I take 10 minutes and not take the time to say, hey, I used to do something as a kid. My mom taught me how to do it. We begin to memorize the books of the Bible. Or take 10 minutes of your day and say, okay, tomorrow we're going to sit down and we're going to name three scriptures that we have memorized that were important to us. It doesn't matter what's important to me, but if it's important to him, 10 minutes shouldn't be that hard to sacrifice. Yeah, you know, that's so true. That's so true. You know, as I, I mentor several young men, you know, in one of our mentoring sections, I brought in a bag of neckties, and I talked to young men on how to tie a tie. And that is something that even though people don't wear very much tie, there's always a need to know those skills. Those skills will last a lifetime. But but how long did it take you to teach it? How long did it take you to teach it? About 10 minutes. And there you after, go. After the session was over with, uh, one of the little, one of the young men came in and he grabbed a bag of neckties and he started practicing himself, you know, because they realized the value of that. They may not, you know, do it on a regular basis, but I, I remember when someone taught me when I was a young man how to tie a tie. I found myself going through life. I was tying people tied in, in uh, high school, at, uh, at special events, and then in college, and then in, <laughs> in, in, in special several brothers could tie a tie. Here I am tying a tie. And it's just a little skill like that. But Mike, I love the way you put that, man, to teach them the little basic skills, man, of how to work on cars and, and how to interact with people and how to have a relationship. Some That's people it. don't even we... know how to have a proper relationship. Hey man, if you if you I was I was walking through the mall. I'll give you a great example. I was walking through the mall with my daughter and her two her best friend. Now, 
when we were walking as little boys going anywhere, man, we were laughing and giggling and going back and forth and going back and forth. Mind you, they were only at arm's reach, and they had their little cell phones, and they were texting each other back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And you could walk through the mall, and you could drive in your car, and you see everybody text message. The interaction of with, with the personal side has been lost. And that's the way it is even with us with Christ. We haven't sat down long enough to interact with him so that we can tr- we can take that knowledge and pass it on. You think, If you think about it, just the, the necktie alone was beautiful. But that only took a little while. And that's something is, that little man may be sitting, you may walk up to your next banker, and that same young man that you talked to tie to tie is sitting behind that desk and saying to you, Brother Lewis, do you know when you taught me how to tie that tie? Man, I said I could keep it. I didn't have to wear a T-shirt no more. I didn't have to wear gangbang colors anymore. I could put me a shirt and tie on. I could go to church. I could go to the choir. I could. Man, I made up my mind to be the president of my class. Man, I made up my mind to be the president of this organization. And then all of a sudden I said, you know, I could go a little further than that. Matter of fact, I want to become the president of the United States. It's open to us. That's so true. That's so true. We never realized the little bit, uh, the little bit, a uh, little amount of time and effort that we uh, instilled with our young men and our young women. It makes a difference because as I go down to the jail, I see young men are crying out. They're looking for guidance, and what they're getting is not sufficient to meet their needs because they find themselves getting drawn back into that crazy lifestyle, brother. Oh, and that's right. the show being free on the inside, allowing men to, that have went through some things. None of us is perfect, man. We all have made some mistakes along the way. But, you know, after we have been restored and after we know better, we do better through Christ Jesus. You know, oh. Peter, said, Peter, Peter, when you are restored, you just strengthen your brother. And that's a call for all of us. Once we don't oh, my Lord, that's up, it. Once we can turn this thing around and we can reach back and tell our young man and say, hey, brother, I done been there. Those things don't profit you anything. You know, it's only uh, only for a short while, but in, but in long term and in, in eternity, it, it profits you nothing. And, and the young men have a sense of that. They know that. They need somebody to tell them that. They just need to hear it from somebody. And, and, and it's so true. But how many times have we just clammed up? I I'll speak for in my childhood, in my days, and as I grew older, my father now is beginning to share some things with me I wish that he would have shared with me in my childhood. It would have made a difference. It would have made things clear. For for example, if you, you think about the young man that may be incarcerated right now, he may be incarcerated because he was out there doing drugs, trying to push drugs, thinking that there was no way out. You look at the other young man who said, you know, I took a gun and I went down to the convenience store and I robbed the convenience store and I got $25. And in return for $25, I got 25 years. Now, 25 years are lost behind $25. When we could have taken that same young man and said, hey, tell me some of the things that you want to do. And maybe I don't know, but together we're going to get the proper information. And we'll hand it down to you, and we'll go from there. But instead, you know what we'll do? We'll turn a cold shoulder, and we'll take our 10 minutes, and we'll walk away. And I'm so glad if you think about it, when even when Christ, if you don't think that youth was important, if you could think about Christ when he sat down to look at the multitude, the Bible says first he looked at the multitude. And when he seen the multitude, he seen that there was a need. And the multitude was just gathered. And he said unto his disciples to go look for food. And say, so when he came back, the message was very simple. He said, I found a young lad, and the young lad had lunch. And Jesus asked for the young lad to bring it to him. And he took those two fish and those five barley loaves, and he multiplied them. And then some people want to go to asking a question on how is it so? And if you go back and you study a little theology, the theology tells you that even the things that God took and he broke it. And every time he broke it, he continued to multiply. Well, you know as well as I know, fish don't do anything but multiply. 
And if you take a little wheat from the field and you create a little water and a little yeast and you begin to fix it up, that makes your bread. Yes. So the wheat, the wheat just kept multiplying and so did the fish. And from that it says that 5,000 MEN, not including women and children, but 5,000 MEN were fed. And when, when, when I go to the young man, I say, you know, the beauty of learning how to fish is I could either bring you a sandwich or I could take you and teach you how to fish and you can feed yourself for a lifetime. How much knowledge do you have over the course of your life that you have failed to share? Not because you didn't want to share it, but you didn't have anybody to share it with. Amen, amen. Mike, we're going to break here for a station break, and we're going to come right back. This is a great conversation, my man. Just hold on there for a second. Good morning. My name is Gray Bun, and I am 11 years old. You're listening to Free on the Inside. My Papa, Diggy Joe Lewis. Oh, what a great guest we have this morning. We have Michael is on, on the line here, and he's sharing with us the important deal to give it back, the important deal to invest some time in our young men. He's a part of a ministry, of one of many things that he is doing that time, growing a young man up the right way. I like that, growing a young man the right way. You know, a lot of times young men, they've been grown, they've been tossed and turned, they've been pulled in different directions, but are they, are they being led in the right direction? That's where we have men of purpose, men that have a higher standard in their life, and men that's willing to stop, just take time and invest it in the life of our young men. And as this conversation is going on here, we give you an opportunity to call in and, and join in on the conversation. That number would be one three one zero nine eight two forty one twenty six. Again, the number is one three one zero nine eight two forty one twenty six. You're not give you an opportunity to join in on the conversation. Now, Mike, as we was discussing a while ago, you know, the, uh, what do you see based on your experience? One of the needs of our young men, or some of the needs of our young men. If, if I can only tell you how great the cry, you know, I I understand that we we as parents, we uh, as members of the community, we want to get everyone kind of involved in an academic criteria. Unfortunately, that's not the cry of every child. There there can only be one Michael Jordan. There can only be one quarterback. There can only be one football player. And so many people want, man, I'm going to get that great contract. I'm going to get that out of the ghetto attitude. And unfortunately for us, we got to realize that there's a gate of only one for certain in particular things. And we we don't want that to be your focus because if you fail at that, then what's your results? Where, where, where do you go if you don't make that? So what you have to do is you have to let the children kind of lead you first so you'll have an ideal. And young men today, everybody says the same identical thing. I want the bling bling and I want the big shoes and I want the jerseys, and nobody is giving them a direction to go get them. So they're looking and listening to the little fellow who comes up there saying, man, I work for the dope man, and look at the money that's in my pocket. I will give my best example I can give of that is a young man walked to me at 14 years old. 14 years old, he said, man, I got more money in my pocket right now than you'll ever have during the time that you're going to be working out here working for the man. And he pulled out a wad of money, and I think he he should roughly showed me about $3,000 at 14 years old. He said, and I keep this money in my pocket every day. And I ask him a simple question. I say, how much money does it take to bury you? And a young man looked at me puzzled, baffled. He said, well, what, what are you trying to get at? I say, baby, the road that you own. A lot of men have already traveled. Some of them have died and not even been found until the city coroner comes along and he finds a dead body or the police officer comes along and has to identify. How much money does it take to bury you? One of the most powerful ministries that I believe I'd ever seen was this young man. He was out of Fort Worth, Texas. 
he he owned a funeral home, and he used to get in his hearse around midnight, and he would go to the worst sections of the city. And in the worst sections of the city, he would get to the back of the hearse, and he would begin to pull out the coffin and struggling. But he would make sure that he was gathered around where he knew where gangbangers and dope slangers would be. And they would rush over, and they would help him. And when he'd get it pulled out, he'd set it up on the grass, and he'd say, I appreciate you. he said, but now if you don't mind, do, can I go ahead and measure you? And the young people would look at him, and they were just totally confused. And they'd ask, why are you going to measure us? He'd say, because as a mortician, the first thing I have to do is take measurements of you in order to be able to put you off in here. And just as sure as you're doing what you're doing, you're going to meet this thing right here. Wow. And so many, so many youth were changed by from that one action of reality check. And we have to get to the point to where we stop softening the blow and tell them the truth. We're not perfect. We have made some mistakes. But, baby, there's a different way than a drug man. There's a different way. There's a, God has given us a lot of things right at our fingertips. As a matter of fact, he goes and tells us, he said, I will supply your every need according to what? His riches in glory. Now, my question is, if he's already got riches, why don't we ever really ask him for it and then trust him and believe him strong enough for him to give it to us. That's now, so that's, that's, that's what so Brother Paul goes back and asks us, where is your faith? James Cleveland wrote a song so long ago that I remember, but his question was very simple. A Christian talking to the backslider, where is your faith? In God. That's so true. That's so true. Mike, this has been a great conversation, man. This could go all and on, but we're winding down. We have another <laughs> guest coming on. And I pray that you able oh. to uh, uh, just continue to listen to this program because, you know, we're on the Internet and we're live there, brother. And, you know, you, this show and all our shows are archived. I mean, you can go back and listen to them 24-7, and you can share them with your family, friends, and whoever that you want to share it with, okay? I will do, I will do that. This has been a joy. This has been a great joy. And I am tuned in and I am listening, sir. Well, God bless you, God bless you. We thank you for being a part of our Internet family. And, Mike, I will never leave this program without asking you to come back again and do a follow-up because your ministry really touched my heart. I mean, the ministry that you're involved in is in growing a young man uh, the right way. And there's a great need for that. There's a great need because if we see our young men are sagging, I did a, uh, I did a, a part of our ministry is that I, I did a, a, a I did a uh, deal on our, in our ministry program, uh, a mentoring program, rather. I did uh-huh, why uh-huh. Uh, why are you not wearing a belt? And I was talking to right. men and why they not pulling themselves up because if they're not gonna pull their pants up, they are gonna be pulled down by the things around them. And I've used the instance of how you can uh, how you can. Uh, Slip and fall on the little bitty things because you're not girded up just like your shoelaces. Shoelaces don't right. think much of, but if they're not tied up, they pull you down. And your <laughs> hands not pull up, it drags you down. And the young man got to look it. And I know, I guess we share these things with people, and you could probably attest to it. Sometimes they don't seem to get it at that time, but once they think about it and they reflect on it, then they say, hey, wait a minute. You know, maybe old school was up to something. <laughs> maybe <laughs> was up to something, you know. Now, that, that is a positive message that if you don't mind, I'm going to borrow, and I'm going to take it with me it was, in my message. Well, you go right. That, that was beautiful. That was beautiful. And, and that's what our program is about, man. We bring on guests and uh, people to share uh, or share their life experience and and the ministries that they're involved in to make a difference in our young men. So we done had a, a, a great number of people down here, but we thank God for allowing people like yourself to come on here, brother. I'm honored that you would take time out to share your life experience to our listening audience. And guess what, Mike? It makes a difference in someone's life. It makes a difference. Someone's going to hear this, and they gonna, and their life going to be changed. And we would never, ever see them, but we know that it makes a difference. I want you to know I this this has been a blessing to me just just to be able to share the moment 
with with a person. To, and, and like I said, ten minutes, ten minutes could change the life and the direction of a person. Amen. Ten minutes. Amen. That is so true. That's so true. We are we got a two minutes on here, Mike, before we end this here broadcast. We're gonna bring our next guest. So won't you just uh give us a word of encouragement for someone that wants to be in, uh, want to be actively involved in the life of a young person. If you have an organization that you can uh, attach them to or just encourage them, you know, to be actively involved in the life of our young people. Because as we drive by we still we say, What's wrong with that kid? What's what's wrong? Maybe that's you're not involved, maybe that's what's wrong with him. And and you 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 said it best. I will I, I will say to every young man and every young woman that can and that will, if you don't belong to a church, if you're not active in a a church organization, and you're not active in a community organization, the big boys, big girls clubs of America, they're really something, and they really reach out and touch people. But I also want to say, go to your local YMCA if you can, if you will. Volunteer to be a coach. Reach out to some of these young people where they are. They will tell you things that you would not believe that is going on in their own home, and they will give much respect for somebody who stands up in the community and makes a difference. Make a difference in a child's life. Take 10 minutes. Don't care if you know them by name or by face, but take 10 minutes. But if you fail to do any of that, tell somebody today that Jesus lives. Tell somebody. Tell anybody. Tell everybody. Oh, well, that is so true, my brother. God bless you. It's been a great interview. Mike, as we get ready to end this portion of the show here, man, we want to thank you once again for coming on. And we know God is going to do some great things through you and through your ministry, brother. We want to encourage you to keep doing what you're doing. It makes a difference. God bless you. God keep you. God bless the ministry. And thank you again for being a part of my life. Amen. God God bless you. And we'll be talking soon. I'll be looking forward to it. All right. God bless you. God bless you. Take care. You too. Bye-bye. Right. Amen. What a great interview we had uh, with Mike, though. Amen. We're growing a young man the right way. You know, that's powerful. Eh? You know, we be thinking about these young people. Well, what's wrong with that child? He had no upbringing. But maybe he needs someone to speak into his life. You know, because sometimes people will listen to us not being a family member, not being involved in their uh, in their family life. Now they listen to someone on the outside. They say, hey, man, you know, you show me more care than mom or dad. And we don't want to show them more care, but we want to show them the care that they can get from mom and dad if they listen to them. Because let's face it, we grew up, and sometimes we think of mom and dad is out of touch with things. We think they're old school. Mom, they don't do things like that. They don't do things like that. But, yeah, we'll go to someone else and ask for advice. But we want them to go to the right person to ask for advice. Mom and dad, they know what's going on. And as a child grow up, they'll look back and say, Mom and dad, I appreciate what you had done. I knew that y'all done the right thing based on what you knew. But uh, And thank you. But along that life journey, when they leave their house, when they're gone eight hours a day because of school activities or functions or work or whatever, they meet along the way. And those other people have a, a great impact in their life. I remember when I was growing up and I needed to work on cars and I'd met guys living around in our housing unit and the guys that I worked with, they taught me how to work on a car. And that's, so, and that's a valuable asset to me now. I know how to do the little things to a car. And, and, and because of someone took time out and grew me up the right way. We thank Mike for ministries like his and, and for what he's embedded in the life of a young man, like fishing, you know. If someone took time out and encouraged me fishing, me and some other group of young men fishing, and they're talking us patience, man. You know, because when you fish, you have to have patience. You bait your hook and you sit back and you wait. But while you wait, you contemplate. You're thinking about your future. you think about your past. You're thinking about where you want to be at and you having a good time. And it gives you opportunity to just reflect on life and you look around and you can see God is all over the place. He's in everything, nature and 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 things of that nature. So give a young man to realize that there's something greater than him that's God. And also giving back. We want to teach our young men to give back. What profit a man to gain the whole world but lose his very soul? Give back, give back. That's what I encourage our young men. Never get so caught up pursuing the things of God. 
that you're not concerned about the people of God. Give back when you at at the at the thing that you're pursuing in life and when you're at your goal and when you feel like that you've made it to where you want to be, reach back and, and help somebody. Guess what? Because someone helped you. You didn't get there by yourself. I'm willing to say that in a, safely and with an assurance that you had help along the way. If it wasn't nothing but somebody telling you, boy, get out the street. Boy, you don't talk like that. They help you because they taught you, hey, you need to watch your surroundings. This is dangerous. You need to guard your mouth when you're around certain people than just talking in general. Someone help you. You may not have think, thought about it, but they did. And now we have our next guest on the line here. We're going to bring them on, and we're going to uh, see what God has going on with them. Good morning. You're on the net. Yes, this is Rusty Coffee calling in there, Brother Joe. Well, good morning, Rusty. We've been waiting on you to call in there. I'm excited about you and this interview that we're going to have. Rusty, please introduce yourself to our listening audience and tell us about the ministry that God has put to your hands to do. Yes, sir. Uh, my name is Rusty Coffey. Um raised my children and family in Dallas area. Now we live presently out at Cedar Creek Lake, about an hour southeast of Dallas. In 1995, I went on a, a mission trip to Russia. And I was, uh, we went into a, a prison in Russia, outside of Moscow, Russia. And God began to call me to the prison ministry, uh, not just in foreign countries, but also here in Texas. And so since that time, I've been uh, volunteering as a volunteer, going into various state uh, prisons around the Dallas Metroplex, as far out as uh, Henderson, Texas, Palestine, Texas to minister the Word of God to uh, incarcerated men and women. And uh, it's been a joy. It's been a, a blessing for me and my wife. We do it together with the women. Uh started about two years ago. And uh, we've seen lives change by the grace of God, and this is what God's called us to do. Amen. That is a powerful thing that Rusty. Now, and, and now, how did you get involved in this type of ministry? Because I see your ministry reaches on the other side of the world. You're talking about going to Russia in 95, man. That's a great calling. Yeah, we. Uh, I was I belonged to East West Ministries. I've since left and now belong to, uh, we've started our own ministry called God at Work, which is a ministry under Dallas Leadership Foundation. But, uh uh, it's just one of those mysterious things that I've never been incarcerated, nor my wife, but we were just led to to minister to people in that state and in that situation, and I've been able to do it in Dominican Republic and uh, Russia, as I said, and some, some other countries, Haiti, uh, where I've gone for a lot, a lot of trips to Haiti, and never been able to get into a Cuban prison, but I've tried there. Two or three times, they just won't let me in. But uh, that's just the, the, the audience that God wants me to speak to is these people who have uh, gotten locked up for whatever reason. They're there, and they're a captive audience. And, and uh, some of them will listen, and some of them will not. But uh, God has those that he has chosen. And, you know, Russell, that's something I encounter. I do jail ministry here in Dallas County. And as we go out, we never know uh, uh, We never know how the word is going to affect the individual person. But we do the best we can. It's up to God. You know, for exactly. one plant and one water, for God gives the exactly. increase. And as, and as I go out, I tell the God, I'm not offended because myself, I was hard-headed. I was rebellious. And people shared the gospel with me, but it didn't affect, It didn't take root then. But I know that this word will take root if they're allowed to. So keep doing what you're doing. Yes, sir. Well, I'm going to keep on till God says so. And uh, uh, as I said, I've seen, uh, been in it long enough to see other individuals who have been incarcerated who are now coming out and being very productive, not only in ministries themselves, but just in their society, in their neighborhood, their churches and families. And so there's encouragement enough there that what we're doing is uh, long-lasting and everlasting. And, of course, the, the, the greatest thing about the gospel is that it removes all our sin as far as the east is from the west, and we don't have to give an accounting to God 
when we stand before him of uh, of our many sins. It's been washed in the blood of Christ. Oh, that's so true. That's beautiful, Larry. And, and so, you know that's the name uh, of our that, show, that, that, Free on the Inside. Yes, and uh, as you know and I know, there are a lot of people walking around free on the outside but uh, incarcerated on the inside. And, <laughs> and uh, the incarceration on the inside is what uh, Jesus says, I came to set people free from. And uh, not just uh, physical liberation, but spiritual, internal liberation by the new birth through the Holy Spirit. That is so true. That is so true. You know, I use the example to our young men. It's just like the uh, show that used to come on many years ago called The Lifestyle of the Rich and Famous. These people, a lot of them had money, but they were actually were held captured by those things. And that's what sin does. We may seem to have joy out of it for a short time, but it, it captures us. And like Samson, it blinds us and then it grinds us. And, you know, then all the joy is gone, you know. And you say, what have I got myself into? I can't get out of it. But Jesus comes to set us free from those things. Amen, brother. That's, that's the freedom that that we're pronouncing and announcing. And uh, and it, sometimes it takes a, a man or woman to be sit, sit down and be made quiet and made still and 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 be in a situation where they can't be running around doing what they want to do to, to listen to the voice of God. And so God has those men and women there for a purpose, his purpose. And uh, and as, I, as we said earlier, some are going to listen because God's opened up their ears to hear, and they're going to come to him and be saved. Amen. That is so true. Now, Russ, I was making a little note here. How many different countries have you uh, been able to go to? The ones that I've gone to, uh, uh, that I'm going to recall now, uh, quite a few trips to Russia in the early years, uh, Philippines, quite a few trips to the Philippines. And I want to make a statement about that in a second. Uh, Haiti, Cuba, Dominican Republic, uh, Libya, most recently Libya, where they've had a lot of, you might have seen on the news, that. Uh, they killed some people over there yesterday or a few days ago in our embassy there. And uh, I went over to Benghazi uh, when they were having the revolution with Gaddafi and uh, was able to take uh, food and medicine supplies to the front lines of the war and uh, make relationships with some of the Libyans to begin a gospel movement in their country, which has been shut out for about 42 years under the Gaddafi regime. Uh, I haven't returned there. There's a, One of the men that went with us is, is planning to move over there to Benghazi, Lord willing. Going back to the Philippines, I'd like your audience to, to lift up a prayer, a regular prayer, because what was done in the Philippines freely without any uh, problem with the government or anybody else is to go into the high schools and elementary schools over there, freely share the gospel, freely distribute Bibles, and talk freely about uh, Jesus Christ and his saving power. And I've uh, I've been praying a prayer for five over five years now that God would allow me and others to do the same here in, here in Texas and in our country, uh, all the states. And I've recently made an inquiry to the uh, school district of Garland outside of uh, where I graduated from that we might go in and and do this with uh, inmates, ex-inmates who've been liberated and are now out and have have a good testimony to come in and share that with the school kids. And uh, I just need prayer because we know this is a very... uh, in our day and time, difficult thing to do to allow somebody to openly speak about Jesus Christ in schools. We can do this freely in prisons, but not in schools. So uh, I just ask those who believe and those who who, uh, see the need for our youth to, to be reached with the gospel, to be praying with me, that God will again open the door into the school systems of our country and and redeem these kids before they get to, to be adults. Amen. Yes, 
Sir, we will uh, keep that in our daily prayer. Now, Russell, as we was uh, talking about ministry, I see you've done quite a bit of foreign ministry. What is the most challenging thing about taking on that? Because sometimes we've been challenged at home. What is your comfort level as you go to these various places? Because some people are difficult just going here in, in, in the United States as a prison, and here you are going overseas. Yeah, I believe God calls people to various jobs and, and tasks based on the gifts he gives them in the Holy Spirit. And I've I've never been one to be afraid of travel and different situations and different cultures. And I've had to learn Spanish going to Cuba so many years since '97. But uh, it just you have to have kind of a, a a willingness to take a risk and go outside your comfort zone and and see God work and, and use you in, uh, in spite of all that. As Jesus said, a man is without honor except in his own town and his own country. So oftentimes God will take strangers like myself, foreigners like myself, to another country. And and people will listen to a foreigner, but they won't listen to their own people. So that's the way I've seen God use me in uh, these different uh, foreign countries that he sent me to. Oh, that is so true, Russell. That is so true. That God bless you. I'm glad God is using you mightily in the ministry, along with your wife and other people that you're associated with. Because as I share people about uh, about uh, the good news of Jesus Christ, I'm involved in ministry. I tell them I'm not alone. There's other people involved in it too. Amen. You know, it's because you see me and hear me, and don't be no by myself. Just, Amen. We, there's a big family that God is gathering. And one day uh, the Bible says we will be uh, have a wedding feast to celebrate our our union, our wedding with Him in the heavenlies. And I'm excited about that day when we all shout hallelujah together in one voice because Amen. the day has finally Amen. arrived when we will be united with our King of Kings, Lord of Lords, and our Creator God who put all this in place and made all this possible and. Uh, that's the day I'm looking forward to, and the Bible in the twinkling of an eye, we'll be we'll be uh, raised up and glorified with Him in new bodies. Amen. That's gonna be a great day. And I recall as we was talking about the prophet, they kind of got into a little pity party and said, "I'm left here all alone." God told us, "Wait a minute, I got 300 more people that ain't done it." So you know, as we go out, Russell, you must, you be and the other people going mission. We have to know that we're never alone. God's out there leading us and saying, but He also sent people that are with us. You know, He sent people that and even when you go to situations, you find people uh, just like you. I, uh, I can say it safely that if you go to these various countries, you find people that are that are sold out for the gospel. So it encouraged you. Of people that Amen. are hungry for the gospel, so it encourages you to say, "Man, that, this is a great, you know, harvest field here." You know, Amen. So keep and it it's up. Wonderful to meet our brothers and sisters from foreign lands, different countries. You share the same, maybe not the same language or or culture, but we do we do have a kindred spirit in the Holy Spirit, and you feel the love of God. Uh, Within these people, they for you and you for them, and you know that transcends everything. That transcends culture, language, uh, the different things that are divide nations. That just transcends all that, and so that's really what it's all about: is, is God in us, the love of God, who God is, love, and that love is powerful, powerful, powerful. Oh, that's that's so true, Russell. We're gonna pause here just for a station break, and we'll be right back with you. Okay. Okay. Good morning. My name is Gray Bun, and I am 11 years old. You're listening to Free on the Inside. My Papa, Diggy Joe Lewis. Oh, what a great interview we're having here with Russell Kaufman uh, from uh, God at Work Ministry. He has an international ministry. Also, his ministry geared here for us here in the states. Here, we was talking to Russell about how the gospel is affected, regardless of where you go. The gospel works. It works if you work it. And we want to thank Russell for spending time with us and sharing us with us about the good news our Lord and Savior and how there's a need. Uh, there's a great need for the gospel in any language. You know, men and women are, are seeking to be saved. Uh, now, as we are uh, talking with Russell here, we're going to shift gears for a minute and talk about his ministry here at home. Russell. Yes, sir. 
Um, now tell us about the uh, ministry that you're involved. Excuse me. Okay. Yes. Uh, five days a week, Monday through Friday, my my job is to go to a different prison where I have various groups and faith-based dorms in some cases. In some cases, such as the Beatle Unit out of Tennessee Colony, men come to me from their wings who have permission, and we we have a fellowship. We I don't call it a class. We have a fellowship around Jesus Christ and his word, and, and, and I expound the word, teach the word, make disciples of these men. And uh, it, it's a regular thing. So I'm I'm developing relationships with these people in prison over time, you know, depending on how long they're there and if they're at the same prison. And so in one case, I've got men I've been together with for nine or ten years out of Beto. They've been coming regularly to my fellowship in the chapel there at Beto Unit, which is a maximum security Amen. prison. And others uh, go into faith-based dorms, such as Hutchins State Jail and Dawson State Jail, and uh, and minister to the men who have been called into those faith-based dorms. As well, my wife and I, on Tuesday afternoon, we go to Dawson, has a, a new faith-based dorm started for women over there, TDC Women, and we do the same with them. And that's refreshing because I've always, these many years, I've never really ministered to women in jail, but with my wife there at my side, we're doing that together, and that's a blessing to do that together. And uh, typically these, these dorms, it's just a new phenomenon in the state prisons here in Texas is to, to, to be allowed to have faith-based, Christ-centered, Bible-centered uh, dorms like that where 54 people live in one, one group who really uh, who desire to seek God and to have volunteers come in and share the word of God, the love of God. And and uh, many people read through these faith-based dorms. And there are, <clears throat> there are certain rules uh, different from general population. When you agree to be in a dorm, you agree to participate, you agree to limit the TV use, you agree to, to, um, to restrict yourself in many ways that the other people don't have to, but for the purpose of uh, growing in Christ. And... Uh, Oftentimes we do have to uh, administer some correction and remove some men and women who who won't abide by the rules, but that's just that's what they've signed up to do, and uh, that's part of God's love too, because God chastens those whom He loves. Yes, so, He does. Yes, He does. So I'm uh, that's that's what I do. God has raised up a, a body of believers over the years. Uh, because I've been doing this full time since '99, people who believe what we're doing and, and what God is doing, and they send their support to us uh, through Dallas Leadership Foundation now, God at Work Ministries, and uh, that's how we live, brother. God has provided us through uh, those means. Uh, that is my job. I don't have another job. Yeah. But God has faithfully been there to support us, pay our bills, pay, put gas in the car, tires on the car, <laughs> and pay the electricity bill and the food bill, and we're we're going to keep on keeping on as long as God says so. Oh, that's beautiful. That's beautiful. Because, you know, right now, Russell, as people are struggling with jobs and, and means of uh, making, uh, you know, just surviving, it's good to know that we, that we that works for God, you know. I would say that, that that we works for God because when these other jobs they fade away and they tell that you that you are not no longer valuable, God can still use you. And I like Amen. that, you know, because seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all those other things yeah. will be added. Russell, I think you're on the right path here, brother. I think you're on the right path. I'm on the right path, brother, because he said I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one can know or come. Unless he comes, any uh, is a Jesus Christ. Yeah, it's so true. Now, and me, and I'll remain with you. Yes, yes, so, so true. I know that you over at Hutchinson in the faith-based dorm, and they have a uh, over in that faith-based dorm. They have an aftercare. Uh, program that's involved for the ministry uh, for the men, uh, inmates. Are you involved in anything now? Out, out after after get out. Mr. Cliff, he's the head of that, who I'm associated with, the Dallas Leadership Foundation. 
James has uh, there's a house that they've uh, purchased, maybe 15 men, and they have ongoing Bible these uh, programs and services for the people used to come to that house. It's only a halfway house. And until they get their feet off the ground, until they get established with a job, this is a way to transition. We call it more of a transitional housing. And this is just a step into the back into their own uh, complete independence from, uh, you know, being dependent on anybody. But uh, uh, that, that's what James is leading up. And uh, it's a struggle at times to, to keep that going, but uh, God has raised that up for our ministry. Oh, that is a blessing. That's a, and we realize as we've been involved in the jail and prison ministry, that's a challenge once the young men get out to kind of get their ID and just get back into the mm-hmm. flow of things without being drawn back into that negative lifestyle. So my hat goes off to you and James and that ministry there for seeing the need and trying to feel that need for the young men. Because we, you know, well, it breaks our heart. It breaks my heart to see the young men that got out, and three months later they're right back again. Yeah, I see. I see that as, uh, and I and I warn the men and women who I minister to is that look, the the big war, the big battle is outside these these prison walls, uh, where you're free to do whatever you want to do, and the devil himself knows that, and he's going to lay traps for you, as he's laid for me. And so you've got to get ready for this this intense warfare that's going to be stepped up as soon as you walk out of the prison. And so I'm always telling them, I'm always reminding them, you know, this is this is uh, get yourself ready because the war is right there on the outside of those prison walls. And and uh, take take this time while you're incarcerated to get built up and strengthened and rooted and grounded in, in God's word. And you walk and, and know that uh, you're going to be assaulted by the enemy as soon as you walk out to prison. And that is that's so true. I share with the young men as I go down to the jail and prison, hey, the same God you're seeking in here is the one that's able to keep you out there. You know, they flock uh-huh. to Bible study and they want to have prayer meetings, but, hey, that same God that you pray to in here is the one that's able to keep you out there. And they have to yes, know yes. that without a shadow of doubt. And, yeah. and, 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 and Russell, oh man, it, it's a blessing to be able to talk to you. I know that you're so busy, but thank you for spending this here time with us this morning and sharing well, with our listening audience the great need of being involved in ministries like this because it makes a difference. Amen. And God's called us to remember those who are in prison, his children who are locked up. And so this is this is not something we have to wonder we should do. It's, it's God's told us clearly in his word to remember those who are incarcerated. And as yeah. himself, he was incarcerated. Uh, he has he has his followers incarcerated not only here in the states but all over the world. Oftentimes, just for for being a believer, and uh, yeah. we're seeing more and more of that in these different foreign countries where there's a, a intense persecution on those who name the name of Jesus Christ and are living that life. People, the the spirit of the Antichrist. Is uh, is intensely angry with anybody who uh, is walking in the power of the Holy Spirit. Yeah, you, that is so true. That is so true. Now, uh, Russell, we're getting ready to wind down this program. We want to thank you, brother. It's been a great interview. But, Russell, could you give us words of encouragement for someone that say, hey, I want to be involved in ministry like this, but I don't have what it takes. And I like your testimony. You say, hey, I've never been to jail, but yet God had called me to a ministry like this. I would say there are many opportunities, uh, various churches, uh, the Bill Glass uh, Prison Ministries, how I first kind of got going. They have weekends of champions. You can sign up with them and get a little bit of training. But there's so many if you really want to uh, uh, go behind the bars and get prepared. There's so many opportunities. The main thing that holds back people is just their willingness and availability. So uh, if you put yourself out there and make yourself available to God, God, I promise you, will use you. You don't have to be a preacher. You don't have to be a missionary. You don't have to be 
go to Bible college or seminary, just be willing. And uh, as a man that's kind of a mentor to me, said 90% of it is is availability, and the other 10% is in spite of ourselves that God would use us. <laughs> I like that. I like that. Because, you know, one of the biggest drawbacks is people feel like they don't have enough uh, you know, enough knowledge of the Bible to share with it. But based on your experience and your relationship with God, that's more than enough. That's all you need. It's God to be on your side. You don't need anybody else. You know, you and, and God else. told, uh, it was, it was, he told uh, uh, some of the uh, the, uh, the apostles, say, hey, don't worry about what you're saying. When you go draw before me and women, when you go to these various places, don't worry about what you're going to say. You know, that's and that's right. something that we're gonna we're gonna study. Are we prepare ourselves? But you know, Russell, uh, 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 you know, sometimes we can study and we can have a, a lesson plan going on. But when we get in there, it totally changes sometimes. Exactly, exactly. Really, this is about God doing what He wants to do, and He's just using us as His vessel. And sometimes we get in His way by trying to uh, do what we want to do instead of listening to what God really wants to do, and so. Availability to the Holy Spirit, I think, is the key to any ministry. Is just to let God's Spirit, God lead, speak as He wishes, and uh, ask Him to get us out of the way so He can do what He wants to do. Amen, amen. Russell, with your ministry, God at Work Ministry, do you have a website or contact number? In case someone wants to, say, hey, I like what Russell's doing. I like to get involved with that. Yeah, yeah. In fact, uh, and I haven't really even published it yet. There's a, a little more fine-tuning with it, but it'll be shortly online, it's, and it's called God at Work Ministries. I think it's RustyCoffee.org. Uh, oh. I believe it's RustyCoffee.org, God at Work Ministries in Dallas, Texas. So, as I said, I haven't quite published it because it's not quite tweaked to, to get the right information on it, but a, a man... Help me get a web page like that. And it's got so anyway. Uh, give it, give it, give it a few, a week or two, and it'll be up online. Uh, God at Work Ministries. Okay. Okay. Then give us the spelling of that rusty coffee here. Yeah. R U S T Y C O S S E E. Coffee like like you drink. C O S F E E. Okay. And R U S T Y. Uh huh. All right, that sounds great, dear Russell. We pray that things go well with you in the ministry, which we know it will. But you keep doing what you're doing, brother. It makes a difference. And uh, me and your uh, ministry, uh, we involved in some of the same things. So we pray that our paths cross. You know, I never met you, but I heard great things about you and your ministry, and I was overjoyed when you accepted the invitation to come on to the program because, brother, there's a need for it, and I was sure it geared up towards. Uh, trying to uh, encourage people in the ministry to uh, continue to do what they're doing, and also to be involved in ministry, being free on the inside. A lot of times uh, we've been held hostage, and once we've been set free, we're able to encourage other people. Uh, Jesus Amen. told Peter, said, Peter, the enemies ask permission to sift you, but when you are restored, you're the strength of your brothers. And that's the call that we all Amen. have had. You know, yeah, we, I'm going to get out of this crazy lifestyle, but I'm going to also help you and encourage you to get out of it too. Amen. Well, thank you for having me. And uh, any time God opens the door <clears throat> like this or any other to uh, to share the good news, I'm, I'm I'm always willing, trying to be willing to do so. Well, great. God bless you. This God program is uh, okay. This program is on our internet uh, site here, and it's archived, so you can go to it and listen to it anytime at your convenience. And you can also share it with your family and friends. Okay. Okay, brother. Thank you. God bless. God bless you. Great. Talk to you later. Bye-bye. All right. Bye. What a great interview that we had with Mr. Coffey here as he was talking about the goodness of God. As we get ready to wind down, we want to thank our listening audience for being a part of the show. We want to thank our two guests, Michael, for growing a young man the right way and for Russell, Russell Coffey of God at Work Ministry. Now, that's two great ministries. They're making a difference in the lives of the ones that they encountered. And as we get ready to depart, we'd like to say a word of prayer. And thank you, Christian Heavenly Father. We thank you in the name of Jesus. We thank you for your grace and word. We thank you for this day. Dear Lord, we thank you for the guests that was on this morning. We pray, dear Lord, that, that, that what they said makes a difference in the life of the listeners, dear Lord, how they able to uh, 
to challenge men and women to uh, to uh, share share the good news of Jesus Christ with someone. The Lord, how they able to encourage us to do the right thing? How they able to encourage us to be involved in the life of a young man or woman? We pray these things in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. There is a way. 